Hey everyone, it's RP. Before the episode begins, I just want to let you know that I recorded this on August 16th, expecting to see the movie on September 3rd like everyone else. Well, uh, some fun stuff happened, and I actually got to see the film early with a bunch of other people on the 18th. So, uh, I've actually seen the film, and I can tell you that it is freaking awesome. It rocks, it rules, and I can't wait for you all to see it. Unfortunately, there is a review embargo on the movie until Monday, August 23rd. Um, So I will not be having any thoughts about the movie whatsoever in this podcast. However, look for a quick little spoiler-free fun review coming on Monday at noon. All right, enjoy the episode. Three unqualified morons and microphones. This is the previously recorded podcast. Hi, welcome to Previously Recorded. I am your host, RP, as always, and this episode of Previously Recorded is brought to you by Totally Tees. If you need a shirt and you don't have one, call Totally Tees, they'll get it done. It's not the same when it's just me. <laughs> but anyway, this may be the last me episode uh, for a little bit, hopefully trying to get the guys back together. Like I said, it's been kind of crazy, and it has not let up and given us time to get together to record unfortunately so today's episode anyway is a little different than what we typically do here and it's more of a um character research study sort of thing um i figured it would be a great opportunity to release uh, a podcast about uh shang chi uh and with this film coming out uh, it's a character that not a lot of people including myself know about and i thought it might be really cool to actually spend some time giving you guys the background and history of the character before the film comes out. Uh, so before we get to that, though, just some news, I guess, uh, still, as of this day, uh, August 16th, there is no Spider-Man trailer, but the recent reports are that it's being dubbed over in India right now, and that means the trailer could be approaching soon, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week with CinemaCon coming up, uh, or maybe even attached to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, maybe get people to to actually go to the theater uh, to see this film since it's being released exclusively in theaters. Um, Really curious to see how this plays out, and I hope it's safe enough for people to go, and I hope people feel comfortable enough to go to the theater to see it, because I'm really excited about it. I bought my tickets today for an IMAX showing of the film opening night. Uh, Me and a couple of friends are going to go, and uh, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be great, and then the next step we have is the Eternals, and then Spider-Man, and then Strange 2, and Thor. It's a lot of really good MCU stuff coming up. However, before we get to all of that, uh, I watched some new things this weekend. Uh, the first one was the Ted Lasso, uh, new episode of Ted Lasso, but it was Ted Lasso Christmas special. And I think I now have a new favorite Christmas uh, special, and it's something I'm going to watch every year. This show is just continues to be so freaking wholesome uh, and funny and just charismatic, and I just absolutely love this show so, so, so much, and I can't recommend it enough. Um, Another thing I watched over the weekend was Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, which came out last year to coincide with the 2020 Eurovision um, musical contest. Uh, Unfortunately, because of COVID, it got canceled, but the movie still came out on Netflix. Uh, It's a Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, uh, and Dan Stevens is actually in the movie as well, and it was pretty good. It was it was long, it was funny, and the music is incredible. I've had double trouble stuck in my head all damn weekend. Show me your love. Give me your love. How can something so wrong feel 
I mean, like, how can you not? Like, that is so catchy. It's just so, so catchy. Rachel McAdams does not actually sing in the movie. It's My Marianne is a band or a person who sings for her. But Will Farrell does. Um, it's pretty funny. I really recommend it. Go check it out on Netflix if you haven't already. A shout out to Brian, who did recommend that movie to me about a year ago. And I just never watched it. Uh, so I am sorry. I'm admitting I'm wrong here. So there you go. So I think it's time to get into today's topic, which is who is Shang-Chi? Alright, so Shang-Chi was actually announced at Comic-Con back in 2019, actually maybe 2019, but anyway, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is slated to come out on September 3rd, 2021, uh, with its premiere actually being held today as I record this, August 16th, in LA at the El Capitan Theater, uh, where Disney holds basically all of its premieres. I don't know if they own the theater or they just have a partnership with the theater, but it's a really cool old theater uh, that has a lot of history to it. But anyway, the film stars Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, um, a skilled martial artist who was trained at a very young age to be an assassin uh, by his father, Wenwu, uh, who's played by Tommy Leung. And Wenwu is actually the leader of the Ten Rings, as seen from the, the trailer. Again, I haven't seen the film. So Shang-Chi leaves the Ten Rings to... To get a fresh start and live his own life, running from his past, uh, he heads to San Francisco. He's described as being a fish out of water, uh, living a life that doesn't necessarily bring meaning to him. Uh, so he searches for who he really is. He doesn't understand his powers, and he's just struggling with his identity. He's described as a mixture of masculinity and vulnerability. So Simu Liu performed a majority of his own stunts and put on 10 pounds of muscle for this role. So, just a quick, like, little note. A criticism arose after um, Oscar Isaac posted a video of himself learning martial arts for Moon Knight, the upcoming Marvel show on Disney+. Plus. I believe it's coming out in 2022, which a picture just leaked us over the weekend of what his costume looks like. I think it looks cool. Some people do not, uh, a.k.a. my friend Marvel. Uh, so, Simu noted that it was a requirement for um, a lot of Asian action roles, and I'm not necessarily sure about Shang-Chi, but that they are able, Asian actors, or have to be able to already have the skill of martial arts, where Isaacs is given the opportunity to, to actually learn the art form after being cast. But I didn't know that, and that's just a horrible kind of prerequisite to have, because it's kind of stereotyping, um, but that's just kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, the film is directed by uh, Destin Creighton, uh, known for 2019's Just Mercy and 2017's Glass Castle, which a fun fact about those two movies, they each have MCU veterans in them. Michael B. Jordan was in Just Mercy and Brie Larson was in the Glass Castle movie. Uh, I haven't seen either. Uh, the reviews on them are pretty good, especially Just Mercy. Uh, so go check them out if you're curious about what the kind of film style the director has and that he's bringing to the, um, to the MCU. So next, the film also stars Aquafina, who plays Katie, uh, Shang-Chi's best friend who knows nothing of his past, as seen in the most recent uh, trailer as well. So Tony Leung as Wenwu is a new character for the MCU. So history as it is, uh, Fu Manchu is technically Shang-Chi's father in the comics, but due to the problematic nature of a stereotyped character, they decide to make a new character for this movie. So that's Wenwu. 
So Wenwu goes by many names, including the Mandarin, which I will get to uh, later, but it's different than the bullshit one in Iron Man 3, which was then retconned in Thor 2's MCU one-shot, All Hell the King, on the bonus features uh, for Thor 2. Uh, and Cretton adds that Leung was able to bring humanity and love to the role, fixing the one-dimensional issues of some of the MCU bad guys have. Uh, which that is definitely a big critique of the MCU. Their villains, uh, except Thanos, Loki, and a few other, have kind of just really been one-dimensional evil people with no real motive, like motivation. Uh, Thanos' motivation was great. Uh, it was really gave some backstory to Thanos and a, and a purpose other than just being a bad guy and wanting power. Um, so that's really cool, and I'm really looking forward to that. A few other characters are slated to appear in the film, but I will let you learn about them when you go see them. Slated to make an appearance is Benedict Wong as Wong uh, from Doctor Strange. An Abomination is also scheduled to appear. I don't know if Timothy Roth is. I believe that's who Tim Roth, who played Abomination in the Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, but I just know that Abomination is scheduled to make an appearance. So who is Shang-Chi? That was the biggest thing I had um, as myself as a big Marvel fan. I actually know little about this character. And so a part of this episode, not only to educate you guys before you see the film, but also myself. Who is this character? So in 1972, Marvel wanted to acquire the rights to adapt a TV show, Kung Fu. However, they were denied by Warner Brothers, who owned the rights to the, the show Kung Fu. So they looked to Sax Rahmers, and I may be mispronouncing that uh his dr fu manchu which as said earlier is a very problematic comic book uh by today's standards i've never read it i've actually never seen it but i know the name fu manchu so since dr fu manchu was already a comic book they decided to just use that character in a way by creating a character that was the unknown son of fu manchu which this character is shang chi aka master of kung fu or also known as brother hand a skilled martial artist who is proficient in many different forms. The character was created by Steve Englehart and Jim Starling, who created the one of the best Marvel characters in Thanos. Um, so Shang-Chi's first appearance was in Special Marvel Edition number 15 in 1973. It was such a hit that by issue 17, they had changed the title to The Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, uh, which ran for 10 years till 1983. So since 1983, Shang-Chi has been sort of silent, aside from appearing in some issues of Marvel Team-Ups, Marvel Knights, and some issues of the X-Men. He did have two more solo series, but both were short. They were The Master of Kung Fu, Bleeding Black, a 1991 shot, the miniseries Master of Kung Fu Apocalypse in 2002, and actually co-starred in a Moon Knight special in 1992. Uh, for those of you who don't know, sometimes comic books just do like a special issue or special limited run. Uh, so that's what I mean by uh, special. But it wasn't until 2007 when Shang-Chi made his return as a, ma as a major star in Heroes for Hire. He also appeared in 2017's Master of Kung Fu number 126 as part of the Marvel Legacy relaunch, uh, which was actually written by uh, MMA fighter CM Punk. This was... One of his uh, roles as a writer for Marvel. And he also wrote a series about Drax the Destroyer. But that didn't really last that long. So as I stated that uh, they decided to. Marvel decided to develop a character that was the son of uh, Fu Manchu. Um, 
and that was kind of abandoned later uh, in 2010. Um, because Shang-Chi's father was cryptically or scarcely mentioned because Marvel had lost the rights to Fu Manchu. Uh, so it wasn't until 2010 when Ed Brubaker, who has wrote, written a lot for Marvel, and mainly a lot of really good Captain America stuff, including the creation of the Winter Soldier, uh, he decided to fix the issue of Shang-Chi's father. So in his issues of Secret Avengers, it is revealed that Fu Manchu was just an alias for Shang-Chi's father, Zihang Zhu, an ancient Chinese sorcerer who discovered the secret to mortality. This is still different from what is in uh, the movie. So, in the movie, Shang-Chi's father is the head of the Ten Rings. Um, and before I get into it a little bit, I'm going to let producer, the man, the head of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, explain to you a little bit uh, the Ten Rings. Rings has been in the MCU since the very beginning. Those sons of bitches that uh, Obadiah Stane hired. They helped out Whiplash a little bit in Iron Man 2. There was an imposter that played the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. You remember that, but you didn't see that in Ant-Man, the Ten Rings logo there. And in an awesome short we did called All Hail the King, we revealed there is a real Mandarin, and he was quite upset with the shenanigans that they pulled in Iron Man 3. Well, the Mandarin is in this film. And I will tell you right now that the amazing Chinese actor, Tony Leung, is playing the Mandarin. So as you can hear, they have been around for a really long time in the MCU. Uh, and just a quick note, the logo he mentions in Ant-Man is there's a tattoo of the Ten Rings on somebody's neck inside the area where the Yellow Jacket suit is being kept by Darren Cross when he decides to like sell the suit and reveal that he's, he's bad. Um, so as... Feige said, um, in the MCU, the Ten Rings make its first appearance in Iron Man, and they are the group who is responsible for Tony's capture and who Obadiah is uh, making backdoor deals with. Uh, they were then reintroduced in Iron Man 3 as being the group that Trevor Flattery's fake Mandarin led. Um, it does get a little confusing. Uh, Aldrich Killian claims to be the Mandarin as well, sort of. Who really knows? All you need to know is that they are Fixing and retconning it, as I said, it was retconned in the MCU one-shot, uh, All Hell the King, which is probably on Disney+, Plus. if not, it's on YouTube, if not, borrow somebody's copy of The Dark World, it's on there. But that retcon left the door open to bring him back into the MCU. So John Favreau, who directed and helped launch the MCU and has done a bunch of other stuff and is heavily involved in The Mandalorian, he's a creator on the show, a writer, a director, um... John Favreau mentioned he actually wanted to do the Mandarin for Iron Man 1 or 2, but didn't believe the world, the MCU world that they were setting up, or the audience was ready for that sort of magic or villain, but down the line it would be a great fit, so here we are 13 years later. In the comics, the Ten Rings are a terrorist group dedicated to destroying world peace by any means necessary, which we did get this in Iron Man. Uh, not sure how Shang-Chi will change them, if they will be the same terrorist group if they'll reference tony stark uh who knows because this movie is post blip uh so you know iron man's gone it's current timeline in the mcu so i'm curious i'm sure like basically all the other marvel stuff we've gotten uh that is in the present day like not wandavision or loki references uh the past you know falcon Winter soldier cap uh far from home reference tony a lot so I am curious to see how they will uh, change that. 
So the Mandarin's classic weapons are the Ten Rings. Uh, Tales of Suspense number 50 in February 1964 was the first appearance of them. I believe they changed them from actual rings to these like armband type tech or whatever they actually are. Um, since the rings might be too similar to the Infinity Stones, like just like kind of a guess, like it's another big time uh, powerful item that's on a hand. Who knows? They still look pretty cool in the in the trailer, and I'm really excited to see how they uh, work out. So their origin is odd. Maculin pieces of tech, each containing a long dead legendary cosmic warrior. I don't think they're going to go that route in the MCU, but who knows? Uh, but the Ten Rings are these as follows: They are the Remaker shatters and reimagines relationships on a subatomic level. Influence creates various forces that cause a body to undergo change. Spin decelerates time around the wearer, and it appears as super speed to the watcher. Spectral. Winds up and warps the air itself, can appear ghostly, can appear not at all. Nightbringer creates malleable darkness, a dark light. Daimonic, the irresistible urge that propels into the unknown, the compulsive, creates loyalty, creates obsession. Incandescence contains the miniature heart of a star and scorches the air before it. Lightning creates a directable electrical atmosphere discharge. The Liar. Creates world upon world of illusionary fable as impossible to escape as a tangle of dreams, but vexes the wearer as well. And then Zero opens a beam of nothingness from the icy heart of outer space, creates a deafening boom as the vacuum is filled. I doubt they go this way, but as shown in the trailers, they may have some of those powers like the lightning power or the incandescence. Like, uh, I am really. Really, really curious to see how they pull this off, and I am very excited to see them because I think they're cool. Um, I think they look kind of cooler as armbands than as rings, but I believe the rings are like colorful, uh, kind of to like a Green Lantern element, how there's all different Green Lanterns. Um, so I do like colorful aspects of things, like Guardians is my favorite movie, uh, one of my favorite MCU movies. I know that, can, that phrasing is confusing, um, but I love color. I like things when they pop. So that's just like a little bit of the background of Shang-Chi and the important characters and the Ten Rings. And I wanted to kind of just give a brief overview of all that before the movie. So you kind of have an idea of who he is and what to expect. But I think it might be a little fun to go into the production of the film. So, like most people, I thought Shang-Chi was being developed to not only increase representation and show off a cool character, but to also kind of wash out that bad taste in our mouth from Marvel's other famous martial artist, Iron Fist, a scene in the bad... Yes, the bad Netflix show that I didn't even finish. Uh, which, by the way, these characters are completely different in many ways. And after a lot of Google searches, Shang-Chi would beat Iron Fist in a fight almost any time. According to Google, according to people who do things like this, uh, have debates over characters who would win and who would lose, Shang-Chi wins every time. So just take my word for it. Uh, however, a solo Shang-Chi film has actually been in development for quite some time. Unfortunately, it's never taken off until Marvel greenlit the movie back in 2018. Uh, so according to Margaret Loesch, former president and CEO of Marvel Productions, uh, in the 80s, Stan Lee wanted to do a film or a TV series about Shang-Chi starring Brandon Lee, uh, son of famous Bruce Lee, who was the visual inspiration for Shang-Chi's look in the 70s. Uh, but nothing came of this. Then in 2001, Steve Norrington, 
uh, director of a film that I liked growing up and not so much now, but cool concept, A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Blade. Uh, so he directed two pretty big comic book movies, signed on to direct DreamWorks Pictures' Shang-Chi film, The Hands of Shang-Chi. Uh, but he was replaced by Yian Wu Ping, uh, who directed Drunken Masters and Once Upon a Time in China. Um, and Ang Lee joined on as a producer as well. Uh, I'm not sure why Stephen Norrington was replaced, but he was. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't even matter because production stopped due to the rights reverting back to Marvel in 2004. Uh, so just a quick note, the way that rights work can be a little tricky and confusing. So I figured maybe I'd just take a second to kind of explain. So Marvel was bankrupt in the late, like middle 90s, early 2000s, uh, before the MCU was even a thing, before Marvel Studios even started. So they sold off a lot of their characters to save the company. Uh, they sold off the rights to Spider-Man, the rights to Daredevil, X-Men, um, yada, 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 a few other ones, Ghost Rider, um, the Hulk. And that's why we saw films, like, because they sold the rights to the character. They didn't sell the character itself. They just sold the rights uh, for other studios to make uh, films about these characters or TV shows or really whatever they wanted to do. That's why we saw uh, the X-Men from Fox. We saw Spider-Man from Sony. We saw Daredevil, Ghost Rider from Fox as well. Uh, the Incredible Hulk from Universal. Uh, they sold all of those, and now they virtually own all of them except for some Hulk stuff and uh, Spider-Man, which which we've now finally seen a collaboration between Sony and Mar uh, the Marvel Studios to bring Spider-Man back to the MCU. But they still split profits and things of that nature. But every everything else is under Marvel Studios' temple. Uh, it's under their umbrella. They control all the characters except for a few. You know, the biggest ones were the X-Men. Who, and the Fantastic Four, which when Disney acquired Fox, they reverted back to uh, Marvel Studios. So that's pretty exciting that they have all their characters back under their roof. Like DC does, and they're not doing anything right, except I loved the Suicide Squad. I know people were here and there, but hopefully this gets them on a right track. You know, the Batman's coming out too. That looks really great. Wonder Woman 1 was great. Um... So, yeah, that's just like a quick note about rights. And if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to absolutely uh, DM me on Twitter, Instagram, under the previously recorded handle, or just myself. Because for whatever reason, my brain is filled with this knowledge. Um, so that, the, the rights went back in 2004. So in 2005, Marvel chairman and CEO Avi Arad, who is very heavily involved in Spider-Man and a bunch of other projects over at Sony, he has been for years. Um, he announced that Shang-Chi is one of the 10 properties being developed by the newly formed studio, Marvel Studios. However, the film was never made for a variety of reasons. The first one being the Mandarin. Marvel at first planned to feature him in the first Iron Man movie, but decided to focus strictly on Tony, and for the reason of the magic aspect, um, they didn't do it. Secondly, DMG Entertainment, uh, which is a Chinese-based production company, was in talks with Marvel to co-produce all of their films, uh, this is before they were bought by Disney, but they ended up making a deal with Paramount. Uh, so Marvel actually offered DMG Entertainment. Um, they offered to create a teaser for the Chinese market that would feature Shang-Chi or the Mandarin at the end of uh, the 2012's The Avengers. Uh, DMG was hesitant and decided to forego 
that due to the Mandarin's stereotypical portrayals in the comics and feared that this would prevent the film from being released in Chinese markets because uh, it would be seen as offensive and not correct and not a great representation. Um, and this was just going to be strictly for uh, the Chinese market, not everywhere, just strictly for them. Um, so they did go on to co-produce Iron Man 3 with Marvel, uh, which featured a very much different portrayal of the Mandarin and one that I am not very fond of at all. Um, so it really wasn't until December 2018 that discussions of Shang-Chi resumed and the film was quickly fast-tracked for development. They wanted to increase Asian-American representation while also bringing a different character to the screen that was worthy of a solo outing and a story that needed to be told. Development also came after the success of Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians, two films that proved that audiences were hungry for stories that featured a cast of diverse and interesting characters. So Dave Callahan was hired to write the script. He, uh, his resume includes screenplay, story by, and writing credits on the following big films. 2014's Godzilla, All Three Expendables, Wonder Woman 1984, Zombieland 2, Spider-Verse 2, and Mortal Kombat, which funny enough... Shang-Chi features a tournament while Mortal Kombat didn't. I just think that's funny because Mortal Kombat is literally supposed to be a tournament. And nope, not going to be in there, but I'm doing this other martial arts film and we're going to have a tournament in that one. That's always kind of funny. So Callahan was tasked with modernizing elements of Shang-Chi's comic book story and to write from his own experience, from his own perspective, and to avoid the negative stereotypes. Callahan became emotional uh, for the first time over a project Due to the fact that as an Asian American, he had never actually been asked to write from his own perspective, which is just crazy to me. Like, how did it take this long for him to get a big budget project that focused on Asian Americans and or Asian culture? Um, so it's really great we're at this point and that a big studio like Marvel Studios really wants to tell a story about uh, an Asian American and increase the representation. So after Callahan was signed on, Japanese-American filmmaker Destin Daniel Creighton was hired in March 2019, and production began on November 2019. He also helped write the screenplay with Callahan and described the film as being a sweeping superhero epic that combines emotional family drama with gravity-defying martial arts actions. As you can see that from these trailers, some of these fight sequences are going to be bananas, people. I am super excited. Uh, but since... Uh, Shang-Chi's backstory is not really widely known. This gave the filmmakers a lot of creative freedom to do new things with his backstory and his fighting styles. Producer Jonathan Schwartz claims that there is a meaning for each fighting style in the film. They help tell the story visually, so be on the lookout uh, during these scenes, keep your eyes peeled, and really pay attention to the uh, the specific techniques that they use. And I think that that is incredibly interesting and adds another layer of depth to this film and uh, visual storytelling in itself. So then they had to find their Shang-Chi, their star. Um, so Simu Liu was hired on July 14th, 2019. Uh, funny enough, uh, he had actually tweeted Marvel around 2014 uh, saying, hey, great job with Cap and Thor, but what about an Amer Asian American hero? And here we are five years later, he gets cast and is getting ready to make his big screen debut as Shang-Chi. Um, so then filming began in February of 2020 in Australia under the working title Steamboat. Marvel uses fun titles uh, like this for their movies to 
kind of keep production quiet, not really draw attention, but people figure it out anyway. All the Spider-Man movies have had uh, Seinfeld episode titles as their working title production. Um, but unfortunately, like everything else, production halted on March 12th due to COVID-19, which resulted in release date shifts for not only Shang-Chi, but every other Marvel movie. Uh, we were actually supposed to get this movie in February 2021, but we are now getting it at September 21. So not too, too bad of a delay in terms of the grand scheme of things. Um, and they also shifted this around. This was supposed to come out after the Eternals. And so they did push this to after Black Widow and before the Eternals, which um, I am excited for all of these movies, as I always say. So then production resumed on August 2nd, 2020 and uh, finished on October 24th, 2020 after spending some time in San Francisco, uh, which you've seen in some shots in the trailers, which looks pretty cool. I am, like I said, very excited. And this would be the second film to take place in San Francisco. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and the first Ant-Man are also based out of San Francisco. So uh, that is kind of the little backstory of Shang-Chi, uh, of who the character is, uh, how he was created, who he's created by, where the inspiration came from, and uh, a little bit about the Ten Rings and the bad guy, the Mandarin, and also why it took so long to get Shang-Chi up on the screen. Because clearly, this is a character that Stan Lee wanted more people to know about, wanted to get out there, wanted representation. Uh, so that makes me really excited for this movie. Um, so you can see how the movie turns out like the rest of us on September 3rd, or if you're like me and need to see the movie as soon as possible on September 2nd when they do the Thursday night screenings. I am curious about how this movie turns out. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see the box office because this will be the first one that's not on Disney Plus and in theaters at the same time. We saw it this weekend with Free Guy. Free Guy did pretty good, but not pretty good Marvel numbers. Black Widow did well. Um, so I really just am curious. They are lowballing it at 55 million. I think it's going to be higher than that. I think people are really going to come out to see this film because I am excited for it. Um, I'm really excited because Simu Liu seems like a super cool dude and really passionate about this project. And Bob Chapek kind of made the passing comment. That's Disney CEO that this is kind of an experiment to see how theater goers will react. And, uh, this is more than an experiment. This, they're going to make history with this movie. It's, it's a very huge movie. There's a lot of potential here. And the biggest thing here, besides bringing an awesome character to the screen that deserves it, who's been around for a really long time, uh, it also increases representation, which is really cool and really important uh, in the world, and especially in the world of superheroes, you know? Uh, so I think it's cool. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more surprises Surprises other than like Abomination and Wong that showed up in the trailer. There will probably be some mythical elements in terms of animals. Like he definitely has like this weird dragon thing that I know nothing about. It's in the trailer. It's in this comics. So if you want to do some more deep dive and go ahead, this is kind of just a light overview. And if you guys like this, I have no problem doing this again for when the Eternals comes out. Because I know a lot of people are curious about who they are. Um, and this is actually a property that I know a little bit about because I read about it during the pandemic. I read uh, Neil Gaiman's run because I was very excited for this film. I still am very excited for The Eternals. Um, so if you guys wanted to hear more about that, you know, let us know on the Instagram or if you leave us a review. Uh, but check it out there um, and just go see this movie, guys. Like, 
Be excited. Go back to the theater. Be safe. Wear your mask if you don't feel comfortable. Get vaccinated if you're not. Because we need things to get back to normal. And that's make sure you do your part. Uh, but be safe, everybody. And go to the movies. Uh, so just to plug before I go, uh, as always, check out the Gateway Gamers podcast as well. We left an episode last week at the end of our Jungle Cruise review. Uh, check out Ted Lasso. Check out Eurovision if you want. Uh, but remember to rate, like, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. We're always doing some fun stuff. We got cool merch if you want it. Uh, there's always chances to win. So go check us out there. Go follow us. Go leave your rating, your review. We really, really, really appreciate it. And we will be getting back to the other two morons joining me. So we'll get back to a three-host uh, podcast uh, soon. So thank you guys for listening. Have a good one and go see Shang-Chi when it comes out September 2nd or 3rd.